Morning, brothers and sisters. I want to take you to the Word of God. It's a new year, and I want to start a new series with you. And uh, I feel led of the Lord to do this. And so I'm going to ask you, if you will, turn to your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we are going to continue on a message that God spoke to us last year, but we're going to go deeper and farther with it. Understanding our place as sons of God. So please turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. As we go there, I want you to begin to understand this. I would ask you to come in these next number of Sundays with a notebook and a pencil because I do want to take you much further, much deeper into our calling. And we see at Ephesians 4, verse 11, that when Jesus ascended on high, uh, he led captivity captive uh, and uh, gave gifts to men. But in verse 11 it says, And he, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service. So that five-fold ministry application is literally the DNA of Jesus himself, what it is to be a son of God. And that fivefold ministry uh, applied to the body of Christ equips us to become mature like his own son. And that's what we were planned and predestined to become, conformed to the image of his son. And so this fivefold ministry is applied or given as gifts or graces to the body of Christ so that we would all mature. And let's take a look at at what he says. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and say it with me, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There's a fullness of Christ Jesus that God wants us to be a part of that whole measure of it. Not a third of it, not an ounce, not a quarter of a cup, half a cup. The full measure of Christ. Now, that should blow your mind to understand the fullness of Christ. And there is a future and a hope and a plan for all of us to attain that full stature of Christ. Now, God wants to do that to mature the body of Christ right here on earth. But then there's an eternal plan unto the fullness of God. We're not going to get into that. Let's deal with the here and now, all right? So there's a full stature. In other words, I would call it maturity. Maturity. And when you begin to understand this study, you'll see that Paul is trying to get us there. And when you go to the Scriptures and you read the translations of what it means to be a son, you'll come across two Greek words. One, the first Greek word is technon, a techie. Technon is a child. John chapter 1, verse 12, it says that he has given us the authority. Those who believe have the authority to become sons of God. In the King James, the NIV rightly translates technon as children of God. All who have received him and believe in his name is given the right to become children of God. Technon means a child, a babe an infant. So by faith we see 
we become children of God. And uh, Peter, in, in 2 Peter, if you'll remember, he talks about, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he says, like newborn babes crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So Peter himself understands that when you come into Christ by faith, you are born from above, born again. You become a technon, all right? You become a child of God, an infant of God, a babe of the Lord. Now, is it God's desire for you to stay as a baby? No, not at all. And you would all hope that your children would grow up, right, and uh, mature, And that is God's desire. And again, we'll go back to Ephesians 4. That's why he gave that fivefold gracing to the church, that gifting, so that the DNA of Christ would develop in us so that we would become the full maturity of him. When you first get saved, you have all the benefits of salvation. You have all the rights of this covenant. The problem is we don't know how to use them yet. Babes in Christ don't understand the fullness of, I don't understand the fullness of all that this covenant has in me. I want to keep growing up. I want to keep maturing. I need to grow and learn and be disciplined and and, uh, uh, be stretched by God's Spirit. I don't want to be a babe that's always drinking milk. You remember the writer of Hebrews says, it's time for you to be eating meat. Meat is the righteousness by which you act upon the Word of God. Many, many Christians say, stay sucking on the Bible, drinking the milk and the learning the teachings, but not applying it to their lives. And many feel satisfied with that, and many are not challenged in this day to live a life of righteousness, which is growing up in maturity, using the Word of God to make it your meat. Do you remember what Jesus said at the well in Samaria when they went to go get food for him? He said, It is my meat to do the will of the Father. That's my sustenance. That's when the milk of God's Word becomes meat, when you do something, when you begin to mature. And so technon is the first word for a son of God, and that happens when you are born into the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means all of the rights of a son of God are yours, but again, we're immature and don't understand them fully. We don't know how to use them. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says this, The Spirit Himself testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. Technon. Now, if we are children, we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. But He's talking about children. We still have that full inheritance. All right, if I were to die, my children would get my full inheritance. Right? They're young, but, well, they're getting older now. And hopefully they would know how to use what I leave them. It wouldn't be much. <laughs> but when they were three and four, they, were, they would still inherit all that I, would, that, that I would have, but someone would need to help them understand how to use it, right? And so we're technon when we get saved. We are heirs of God, sons of God, and we, we thank God for that. But there is something more. There is another word that is given to us in the Greek. And it is huyas. And huyas means a mature son. A mature son of mature stature. 
And in the book of Romans, Paul goes on into chapter 8 and says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are huyas of God. The huyas of God are those who are more mature. Because they are now growing into the stature of Christ, being led by the Spirit of God. So we want to go from techies to huyas. Right? From technon to huyah. Does that sound good? All right, give me a hoo-yah. All right, we got some Marines here. <laughs> God's looking for a few good men. All right. Now, when we use the term sons of God, ladies deal with it, just as men have to deal with being the bride of Christ. Okay? So you can handle this. Son of God is a term of entitlement. It is a title that was used in Hebrew language to declare you as the rightful heir and owner of all that the Father has. And so to be called a son of God declares us as heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ, as co-heirs with Christ and heirs of the Father. We are also the bride of Christ because we are married to him in covenant. So these are terms that are titles that we need to understand. So huyas are those sons of God that have become mature. And when you look in Hebrew society, these terms mirror all the rights that God had given into Israel. Let's begin at the Technon age, when at age eight, a child was presented at the temple to be purchased back, bought from God. And how many of you remember when Jesus went into the temple? Isn't it amazing that on the eighth day, God commanded the male child to go to the temple to be circumcised, and it's interesting that medical technology has proven out that on the eighth day, vitamin K, the coagulating agent within the blood, kicks in on the eighth day, the very day that God said, and they shall be circumcised. And so they were presented, the technon, the child. It meant now that that child was a covenant child of Abraham, worthy of receiving all the benefits of being a child of Abraham. When Jesus healed the one woman, he said, should she not be healed as a daughter of Abraham? It was her right to inherit all the benefits of the covenant of Abraham. When we become technon, children, babes of Christ, it is our right to receive all the covenant blessings of Abraham that were promised to him and all through the Old Testament, now through his seed, Jesus, unto us. And it is good to receive as technons, but what Christ wants is to go further from you just always receiving from him to now being the one who will give it away. And so the first work of maturing as a son is circumcision. And as a babe, you're a technon. Then we come to age 12, the bar mitzvah. Isn't it interesting that we have these highlights of Jesus's life? We see him in the book of Luke go into the temple. Simeon and Anna prophesy about who he is. And it was important to Jews to understand him going to be circumcised under the law of Abraham right, or the promise of Abraham. Now he comes at age 12 for his bar mitzvah so that he will become a son of the law. It is a rite of passage that at age 12 a young man is, pre- is presented to the Lord. He's still a technon, but he now becomes accountable to the law or the commandments of God. 
I find that interesting that at that age, too, he would then move into his apprenticeship with his father. Now, he's instructed and he's tutored. He is not on his own. He has to learn how to walk and how to proc- you know, figure out how his father does the work and being watchful over him. Isn't it interesting that at age 12 we find an account that Jesus is at the temple and while he's at the temple, he's there for his bar mitzvah. And, it, and, and you can read into what was taking place because as he is beginning to speak his bar mitzvah lessons and quoting scripture in Hebrew, everybody there is astonished. And, and they're amazed at the way he's asking questions to the Pharisees and giving the answers that are correct and beyond their own knowledge. And they're thinking, what's going on this kid? He's 12 years old. And when they realized that they had left him at the temple after three days, they went back for him. And when they got there, what did he say to them? I must be about my father's business. He began his apprenticeship. He began working in preparation. And then we come to the huyathesia. Huyathesia. The maturing. And it is at the age of 30 that Jewish custom declared him mature and the age of strength to which he could then become placed as a son in the father's house. At age 30, Huya, that mature son, Huya Thesia, was then brought into placement. Now, what takes place with Huya Thesia and that maturity is that he fa- becomes fashioned in the likeness, the maturity, and the inheritance of the father. And that's the place that God wants His church to be in. He no longer wants us to be tossed to and fro, Hebrews 4 says, by every wind of doctrine, the cunnings of men, hmm, and their scheming, but He wants us to be in the likeness, in the maturity, and the inheritance of Christ Jesus, the full stature, the huya of Christ Jesus. And that's His goal for us. And so we came in, our hearts were circumcised by the Holy Spirit when we became sons and daughters of the Lord by faith. And as we grow in the ministry of the Lord, we have studied the Word, the milk of the Word, and we have grown. But it is time for us to be mature to where we begin to walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus in the maturity, being led by the Spirit of God. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to stop asking for more, more, more and give, give, give. We're standing at the fountain so much wanting more and more. Why don't we empty ourselves for God and go do the things that Christ did and let the meat begin to be the Father's will in our lives. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. And so this huya thesis, the huya thesis is actually explained by Paul in Galatians chapter 4. He uses the Roman traditions and Jewish culture, mingling them together to speak to the Jews and the Gentiles of that day for them to understand the ceremony of placing a son in society. 
And this is what he's saying to Israel. You, it is your time to be placed as a son in the kingdom of God, and it is God's choosing to allow the Gentiles as well to be placed as sons of God in maturity. Look at Galatians chapter 4. He says this in verse 1. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees, in the Greek it's pedagogues, until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights, the full rights of sons. Because you are sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Now that is amazing. In chapter 3, verse 23, he says this, Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith. So the law was put in charge of us to lead us to Christ so that we might be justified by faith. And so what he is saying is this. He's explaining the process that they fully get. He's saying that under the Old Testament, the law was our pedagogue or our schoolmaster. Because in the culture of their day, that a man might have been a landowner, a property owner, a business owner. And so this man, as a business owner, had children. And he would have slaves. Now, slaves in the Old Testament are not the same as we understand slaves to be as like in American history. Slaves were indentured servants, people who would work for a time. A slave could be a doctor, slave could be a lawyer who needed a loan, who needed financing, and said, I'll be your lawyer for the next two years if I could get this loan from you, or I'll be your doctor, serve you. People uh, would barter with their businesses, if you will. But then there were also those who were housekeepers and, and so forth. Now, in Jewish society and in Roman society, the master of the house, his children, were put under the tutelage of the same master or pedagogue or overseer that saw all the children, both the slave and the free. And he would watch over them. Come on, kids, it's time to go to school. Let's go. Come on, let's go to the instructor. Let's go, everybody. Now, little Jimmy was the son of, of the father who owned the place. And in fact, his inheritance would be that whole place. But he was still treated like the rest of the boys. Jimmy, I know you're who your daddy is. Just keep coming. You just keep going. You're going to get a smack if you don't get in line here. And the pedagogue had that right to do that. Because it was the job of the pedagogue to train this child to behave properly. Just like everybody else. Just like the law is teaching everybody God's holiness. No respecter of persons. And as that child, well, what's, what Paul is saying is there was a time when he sent his son, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive the full rights of sons, the huyasi, 
so that we would be set or placed in our sonship. Now, that was called adoption. Adoption in the New Testament. He says, so that you would find your place as sons or sonship, it's huyathesia. And huyas refers to an adult son. Thesia means placed in position. And so sons were placed in position of being full, rightful heirs. They then had full maturity. In Jewish culture, when you came to the age of 30, you were regarded as having come to maturity. You could vote in an election. You could become an elder in the city. You could become a member of the Sanhedrin. You could begin your occupation. Until that age, you were not regarded as fully mature. But now at age 30, you are allowed allowed to take your full adult responsibility. So there was a rite of passage where they were no longer under the tutelage of the pedagogue, the schoolmaster, the law. They were now brought out into the full right and authority as sons of God. And that ceremony was called adoption. You see, the problem for us when we read that in modern English, we think adoption is simply taking someone who has no parent and bringing them into our household. And so that's what we think adoption is. I was lost without God. He adopted me into the family of God. It's much deeper than that. In fact, you were born into the kingdom of God back when you were a technon by faith. All right? And that's a beautiful thing, and God did adopt us into that. But that's not what Paul's talking about at all. What Paul is talking about when the Spirit comes into us, the Spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father, what he's talking about is you attaining the full maturity and rights to no longer be led by the law, but now led by God himself. That's what he's trying to tell Israel. It's the age where God sent his Son so that we would all become sons of God. We would all become those who are mature. And that's the purpose of the church, brothers and sisters. That we would be fully mature. And that's what that adoption means. Adoption means that you would be in the likeness of your father. By age 30, we know now that you're ready to take the full inheritance of your father in the likeness of your Father. And so, how many of you remember when Jesus would minister and Jesus would move to and fro and everything that He did and they finally at the end of His ministry said, show us the Father. Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus has been walking in the likeness of the Father, the perfect exact image of the Father. His maturity, it says in Hebrews 5, 7 through 9, that even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Do you remember that when he was young and in that age of being a technon, it says that he grew in wisdom and stature before God and men. And the Jews would understand that he was in that process of maturing till he came to age 30 to where he was now ready to act in the likeness of the Father. 
to where he was mature enough, even through all that he was suffering, to walk as a son of God. And last of all, his inheritance. In Jewish culture, you did not have to wait for your father to die to receive your inheritance. You could receive your inheritance when you came into adoption at age 30. How many of you remember the story of the prodigal son? You see, that story tells us that when the prodigal came to the father and asked for his inheritance, he was obviously 30 years old. And it was not unusual for a son to ask for his inheritance. It was, in fact, proper. The problem in that story is he left his father's house. That's the rub. That's the issue. Because at age 30, when you take on the full rights of the father, you declare that I will be with the father as one. But what did this son do? Departed. And so... When you come into full maturity, you will take on the full inheritance and you and the Father will be one. Oh, Father, make them one as you and I are one. It's time for us to walk in the full maturity of God. And that's what he's pursuing the church to do, no longer being babes. In fact, there was a particular adoption ceremony. At the time of adoption, age 30, the father of the young man would come out into the public, place his hand on the head of his son, adorn him with his robes, and openly proclaim, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Does anybody remember an account in the Bible? When Jesus walked into his huyas, into the age of his full adoption, and that word adoption means the full rights of the Father. And as he walked into the water to fulfill all righteousness, as he was dipped into the baptismal waters, not only then to be anointed to take the priesthood from Levi, the tribe of John the Baptist, But now as Melchizedek, he at age 30 is now to walk in the Father's likeness on earth. In the maturity of a son of God, in the full authority of heaven. And the sky broke open and the Father anointed or laid his hand and put his robe of anointing on Jesus and declared, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is not unlike, brothers and sisters, when you come to Christ and He fills you with His Spirit and we grow in maturity and He says, you're my beloved Son. Now grow, walk in maturity. Amen. Understand this. Birth gives one the right to the inheritance, but adoption places you into the full participation of those rights. Just as when Jesus turned 30, he began to walk as the Father walked. The Father entrusts you with the full responsibility of overseeing the Father's business. The Son becomes the full heir, but he walks with the Father. He walks with the Father. How many of you remember when Jesus would go forth 
He said, I tell you the truth in John 5, 19. The Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees His Father doing because whatever His Father does, the Son does also. What Jesus is saying is as He's walking as the full heir of heaven on earth, He had to become a man to take over the authority that man had lost in the garden. And now a man is the Son of God walking in the full revelation of heaven. He is fully God, fully man. And in his full inheritance, as he begins to display the nature of God on earth, he says he is one with the Father, carrying out the Father's will. And didn't he teach us to pray like that? As mature sons, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, I only do what I see my Father doing. I am in complete unity and oneness with my Father's will. And that is the maturity, the huyas of a son of God. Now, we go back to this and we begin to understand that it is God's desire that we are all to become sons of God. Romans chapter 8, 15 says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Now that is is the placing of a son by where we cry, Abba, Father. So when he says in that particular scripture, you have received the spirit of adoption, what he is saying is you have now been placed as mature sons and daughters on the earth. You are no longer under the law. The law has been completed by Christ, and you are now to grow, to walk like Jesus, talk like a son of God, mature and act, and take the full inheritance. So brothers and sisters, where are we? Are we in that place? And are we doing that? Look at what J.I. Packer, Packer writes. He says this in his book, Knowing God. Adoption is the highest blessing of the gospel, higher even than the gift of justification, because of the richer relationship with God that it involves. He continues, justification is a forensic idea conceived in terms of law and viewing God as a judge. Your sins are forgiven, you're cleansed, and God legally absolves you of that judgment and sin. But adoption is a family idea conceived in terms of love and viewing God as a father. That's why when the Spirit comes in, we cry out what? We cry out what? You don't call the judge that sits in a courtroom, Abba, Father. But through adoption, your placement as a son, you cry out and say, Abba, Father. In adoption, God takes us into his family and into his fellowship. Jesus said, you are no longer slaves. I call you friends. And he goes on and he takes us into his family and fellowship and establishes us as his children and heirs. Closeness affection, generosity are at the heart of this relationship. To be right with God, the judge, is a great thing. But to be loved and cared for by God as Father is even greater. And now, he put the spirit of adoption or the spirit of son placement in us so that as we walk now, the spirit is going to teach us how to walk in the place of a son. Son placement, that's what adoption is. 
It is the ranking. It is the establishment of you walking in full inheritance rights. We need to go further in this. Don't you agree? We need to walk in this more. See, what we do is we, we act like technons. I got saved. I'm a child of God, and I'll do my business and live out the rest of my life as best as I can. And we stay babies. God wants hoo-yahs. He wants hoo-yahs. He wants mature sons. He's put his spirit of adoption, the spirit of son placement, to instruct you how to walk in oneness with the Father. In fact, this has been his eternal plan. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, for he chose us in him, Christ. He chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as huyas, sons, through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It was God's word. Paul says this in Romans as well, that we were predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God always wanted mature sons. He wanted us to walk in full redemption, full justification, full sanctification, so that we would take all that he created and we would rule and reign with him in it. Wow. Is our Christianity a bit too small? When you begin to comprehend the eternal plan of God that he predestined that we would have son placement, he had to deal with the whole sin issue first. We think the sin issue is the whole picture. We think the sin issue and redemption is it. That's just the beginning. That's the birth of the baby. Do you leave your baby after it's born to itself? Do you expect this kid to never grow out of diapers? Do you expect him never to learn how to drive the family car? and eventually maybe run the family business. That was God's plan for you and I to run the universe. Spooky. So he gives us 80 to 90 years, 70, to learn how to do it. Right? You see, there's an eternal plan here. It is so far beyond just getting saved. Oh, how we have limited our Christianity. We focused everything on just get them saved, just get them saved. And we live in the playground of children of God. Paul says it's time to put away childish things and to walk as a huyas, a full, redeemed, fully grown, mature son of God who is in the likeness of Jesus, the maturity of Jesus, and walks in the inheritance of Jesus. Who would dare to begin to discern the spirit of adoption? Would you? Who wants to? I have been asking the last number of weeks who here wants to be saved? And if there's someone here that wants to be saved, stand up right now. You want to be saved. Anybody want to be saved right now? I would love to bring you into the kingdom of God. would love to bring you into a knowledge of being a son of God, fully secure 
in his love and in his grace, your sins passed away. Is there anyone, anyone this morning? All right, now, let me go further to the basis of this sermon. Is there anyone here today who is ready for the ceremony of adoption to walk in the full rights of sonship? To say, I want to begin walking in the likeness of Jesus, in the maturity of Jesus, and the full inheritance of Christ. Do I have anybody who would like to stand before God right now? Then stand. This is the message of Paul. If you're not ready, please sit down. I'm serious. It's okay. We're all at different places. Some of you are babes and still craving the milk. But what God has done is He has clothed you in Christ. And He has given you the spirit of adoption. And that spirit of adoption is one that declares for you to become the full stature. He has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints for good works. To equip the saints for works of service. And so now, brothers and sisters, it's not good enough to do Bible studies. It's not good enough to pray and have your own time at the altar. It is now expected of you for works of service. One who will represent the kingdom of God that you will begin to declare thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus and I are one. And John says, in this world we shall be like him. That's what the Father has always intended for you. And so you've stood. So let us pray that we would begin to walk this year and we would begin to enter in to the full rights and the full manifestation of the sons of God. Father God, we ask you this morning, if you would, by the Spirit that abides in us and dwells in us, if you would begin to disciple us, if you would begin to walk with us as you do alongside the Paracletos, and you would begin to show us a greater dimension of maturity in our walks. We stand here to you today, before you, to be a mature people, a people who will be disciplined, a people who will go beyond the simplest forms of our faith and now begin to walk as Jesus walked, begin to pray with the fervency of Christ, begin to seek the knowledge of the Father through the Spirit as Jesus did.